What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Bearded Beast Podcast. And today, going to talk a little bit about uh, about the trip to Oklahoma. Uh, something I found in Oklahoma that uh, just pickled me tank. And uh, have a little have a little story about it, but uh, just going to tell you about how the trip went. Drive back. Some things like that. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, guys. So, uh, as many of you listening to my podcast know, that uh, took a little trip to Oklahoma. Um, this past weekend over the 4th of July and uh, I went down there and uh, we picked up a French Bulldog um, and we now got him back home he's he's great uh, we named him Oakley because he came from Oklahoma uh, cute little guy my wife's been uh, been taking him to work with her every day um, also while we were down there we picked up uh, some landscaping stones um, we hand picked them, uh, put them on two different pallets and, uh, we figured, I think we got them stacks, one stack seven, the other one stack eight layers high. And I think we got to figure we're going to, uh, I think we got about 120 square foot, maybe a little more, which is good because we got that 10 by 10 gazebo and, uh, we're wanting to get, uh, mainly get the rock under it. Um, and you know some rock out around the edges of it and stuff like that don't really know what we're going to do with the rest of the uh the area yet but uh we're still uh still working on that but uh yeah we got to finish uh finish the retaining wall and get that done um and uh just really really working buckling down working hard on the backyard so um also, while we were down there, we, we stopped at Cavanaugh Hill. Um, love that place. Uh, if you listen to podcasts before, I kind of talked a little bit about it. But uh, it's uh, it's in Poto, Oklahoma. It's, uh, it's the world's tallest hill. It's the tallest hill in the world. And uh, I think it's uh, one, like one foot shy of being considered a mountain. So that's why it's the tallest hill in the world. But um, anyway... Um, the first time we'd went, um, back, I guess it was Memorial Day weekend. Um, the first day we went up there, it was cloudy and it was windy and it was cold and, and, uh, you couldn't see anything. You couldn't see 10 foot in front of your face. And, uh, we, um, uh, it, it, I remember it was so weird. We were up there and, uh, you just felt like a wash rag, like my beard and my hair and, my hat and my clothes and everything it was just damp i wasn't wet but it was just it was just damp and it reminded me of like getting out of the shower um whenever you you get out of the shower you dry off and uh you put your clothes on and you're not all the way dry but you're not like soaking wet it's a real weird feeling but it but you stayed like that while you're up there so uh, anyway we went back the next day and uh went up there and it was it was clear and warmer and 
I say the wind wouldn't blow, and the wind blows all the time in Oklahoma. That's one of the things I love about it. I mean, you can just sit there and uh, you, you can just listen to the wind just coming in for it seems like miles. It sounds like a bunch of cars driving down driving down highway. You can just hear it coming in. But uh, so yeah, the second time, you know, we got to we got to see some see far out, look over the town, and this and that, and uh, it was it was pretty neat. We'd uh, we'd got the bright idea to go up there uh, over the fourth and uh, watch the fireworks. We thought, well, that would be cool to see the the fireworks over the the two different towns, over Poto and then whatever town I guess is to the north of it, because you're going to be up above the fireworks and you can look down and you'll be able to see fireworks everywhere. Long story short, we didn't get to go do that. Um, we got busy uh, stacking up our rocks. Um, and uh, didn't make it. But uh, from there, we went over to um, Wilburton, uh, Wilburton, Oklahoma, and went to uh, Robbers Cave State Park. Um, Jonas, my the landowner down there that, that lets me hunt on his property, he uh, he he told me that uh, it'd be a good little be a good little day trip. So uh, so we went over there and uh, we took the cave trail and. Uh, I don't know. There's like four or five different stop uh, places to kind of like stop. That's you know, they're uh, popular, so to speak. And uh, we took that trail on around. Uh, we took our little French bulldog Oakley with us, and uh, we walked on around there and uh, we uh, we checked it out. And uh, we uh, we went around the corner and uh, got up on top the. Uh, the overlook part of things and uh, you could just see for miles and it was just it was just absolutely just gorgeous just beautiful view um so i i definitely recommend that if uh if any y'all are uh would get around the uh eastern or southeastern part of oklahoma um definitely check out uh Cavanaugh hill and check out robbers cave state park um really 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 neat um and one thing i will warn you about when you do go there um they want you to pay it's like a pay to park thing and we had a little trouble figuring it out um they got like a little uh little machine that you can put your like license plate information and stuff on and um you can pay at the machine or you can like scan it scan the qr code with your phone and pay online or whatever I, my oldest daughter jordan figured it out and she paid it for us but uh it was like ten dollars per day just to park like which i get it the money goes back to the to the park itself and and the park is just it was it was absolutely beautiful um the bathrooms that we used um because the cave the cave trail thing um, the cave and all that is is way way at the other end of the park from where everything else is and um we went to use the bathrooms there and i was just I was standing outside uh, holding a dog and letting the girls and my wife use the bathroom before i went in and used it and i was surprised to find that whenever i walked in there uh, there was actually running water i was i really thought they were going to be privy style toilets and uh you know, I, I I did not expect that, but um, very very clean park, uh, lot so much stuff to do there. Um, you could ride ATVs. They had horse trails, um, camping, uh, rock climbing, 
um, I just don't, there was just so much stuff. Like they, they literally had it all. You could swim, you could kayak, you could, I mean, just everything, everything that you could do. So it's, it's definitely a spot to go check out if you want to camp. Um, it, everything, the, the camping part of it, we drove past it. Um, really, really pretty, beautiful. So I, I definitely recommend going and checking it out if you want to camp and get away and you want to be in that uh, that area. It's definitely a place to check out. Um, but uh, after that, we uh, my wife has this thing where we always have to, anytime we go somewhere, someplace, you know, we visit someplace, she likes to have a magnet. And she puts all these magnets all the places we've been, you know, St. Louis Aquarium. We went to the Bahamas, just uh, Smoky Mountains. I mean, you just, you name it, any place we've been. Uh, Daytona Beach, went there uh, last year. But she wants to get magnets, so she puts them all over the refrigerator. And it just kind of shows our uh, our travels where all we've been. So it's pretty cool. But she wanted to stop at the gift shop and then... Uh, then we were going to stop and uh, get snow cones. That was a big thing. The girls wanted snow cones. So we went into the gift shop, and we were looking around in there. And uh, I was, there were some historical things in there, and I was kind of reading a few things. And I turned around to look, and there was like this little kid's section with little kids' toys. And I just kind of, you know, I just, I just take everything in, look at everything. Went there. I had found something that was seemed oddly familiar to me and I recognized it right away and anybody else walked past it they would have had no clue what it was but it was in a cylindrical plastic um, clear plastic packaging and it was it was a slat of wood with a uh, with a string on it and a little dial rod and I knew right away what it was um, it was a bull roarer and <laughs> a lot of people don't know what that is. I, I, you really, you should probably really, uh, look that up. Um, it makes a distinctive noise or as, uh, Wally from uh, crocodile Dundee would say, it's the mating call of the Jetta Jetta bud. Um, but yeah, if you've ever, uh, you ever watched uh, crocodile Dundee, I think it's, I think it's the second one. He goes up on a rock and he spins that thing around and it, it just makes a uh, a very low frequency noise that can be uh, that can be heard uh, for really really long distances. Um, they were actually used by uh, Aborigines to uh, as a musical instrument and as a uh, as a communication device. Um, since it was low frequency, they could be heard for. I heard some reports saying that uh, they could be heard for up to like 20 miles away on a on a on a quiet night, and due to the different ways of spinning it, and you can spin it on a vertical plane or on a horizontal plane to get different tones and and things like this, and um, different different thicknesses and shapes and styles and this and that would would give you different tones and it could spin longer and you could spin it faster or you could spin it slower to get different tones just 
all this stuff that that it that it could uh, a communication could be encoded. And the reason why this was important to me as it was, I, I wound up purchasing it. Um, I bought it. And my wife's kind of looking, looking at me like, what are you doing with a kid's toy? But the reason this was so important to me was back, I would probably say somewhere between first and third grade. So we're talking probably 1991, 92-ish, up to... 93 94 ish somewhere in there um depending on the time of year you know um but i just can't remember first second third third grade maybe i don't remember but we took a trip to uh cahokia mounds illinois which uh i don't know it's about a about an hour hour and a half away i would actually just went there me and my wife and uh, my oldest daughter and her boyfriend at the time went there here uh, about a I guess a bit about two years back now and uh, went there to check it out and I actually when I was in there I looked for a bull roar because whenever I went on this field trip with my class my mom had given me I don't know she'd normally give me between like eight and ten bucks probably whatever cash she had on her at the time to get little souvenirs and knick-knacky things when you went on field trips and um Anyway, I, I had bought this bull roar while I was on this uh, field on this field trip, and uh, it, the field trip I, I distinctly remember it was on a Friday. It would have been in the fall time because it was it was our homecoming, and I remember I went to a after school care program because my mom worked late; she didn't get off till five, and I went to this after school care program. And uh, I remember having that bull roar, and I sat there and I spun that thing around the whole time. I I I, I distinctly remember it. I, I spun that thing around, just making that uh, that whirring noise that it that it makes. And if you're not sure what kind of what kind of noise it makes, you can you can YouTube it. Like I said, um, if you've seen Crocodile Dundee too. Um, when he gets up on top of the Rockies, he says he's going to make a phone call, um, spins that thing around, and it, it just makes this just buzzing, roaring noise is the best way I can describe it. I was going to actually try and record a little uh, sound bite for you guys, but um, the one that I got um, is pretty well just a, it's just a toy. Um, it doesn't really make a good... Um, buzzing sound it doesn't buzz for a, a longer period of time it's only about one to three seconds because the rope that is wound between the borer and the dowel rod it was two-parted i tried to single part it to make the rope longer but the problem is is that it's it's just a small thin slat piece of wood there's no weight to it so the longer you get it out there it roars for a longer time, but the problem is there's no weight to it. So it gets to flying all over the place. The sound and tone is drastically changed. And currently I am looking to buy a better one. But getting back on to uh, my story here, um, I, I was in after school care. And I can specifically remember just spinning this thing around and 
I spun this thing around so much that that string off the dowel rod had rubbed my poor little fingers raw. And I remember just being so mesmerized by it, by the sound. And of course, back then, I, I knew what it was. Um, I don't remember exactly when that Crocodile Dundee movie come out, but I, I, when I found that bull roar up at Cahokia Mounds when, you know, when I was in second or third grade, I knew what it was because of the Crocodile Dundee movie. And I, I thought in the movie, I thought that was so cool that I, I just had to have one. So that's why I bought that one. And like I said, I, I, I don't even, I think that I spun that thing around so much. I, I really tried to remember what happened to it. And I think I spun that thing around so much that um, I think that it, I think that it broke. I think that the string had actually caused the very end of the bull roar itself to split where it was made it unusable. I can remember it was almost like a, it was a teardrop shape, but up on the, like what would be the top end, the point, it didn't come to a point. It was kind of squared off and then it come down and as it come down at the very bottom, it got fatter and it was rounded and it was like a, uh, Robin's egg blue color. I can, uh, I can remember to this day what it looked like and, and how it sounded and everything. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I, um, you know, I, I've looked a couple times for one and never really could find them. Um, back then, the one that I bought at Cahokia Mounds, it was probably classified as a toy, but it was a, it was, it was a little bit heavier. Um, it had a good sound, good roar to it, a good weight. And this one that I got, I got it back home and got it out of the package and I I was greatly disappointed in it so um, currently looking for uh, for a better one something to play with probably you know it's one of the things I don't really need but I never for as long as I live I it, that that's always just going to stick with me when uh when Mick Dundee went up on the rock and spun that thing around to communicate with the Aborigines, you know, and then I myself got one and played with it and fell in love with it. I just, I never will forget all that as long as I live. And I think that was why it was so important to me to buy this one whenever I went to, uh, whenever I found it at, at uh, Robbers Cave State Park. It was, uh, I don't know, it just had a lot of uh, sentimental value to uh, to it. And I think it was only like, ah, it was like six, seven, maybe eight bucks, something like that. I, I didn't give much money for it. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it it definitely, definitely was nostalgic, that's for sure. Brought brought back a lot of, uh, a lot of memories and uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of a lot of different feelings um but um anyway i picked that up and uh from there we had uh we went back to jonas's house and um we had uh we stacked a bunch of rock we hand picked it my wife likes the uh there's some some blues and some reds they got some uh shimmery sparkly looking 
stuff in it. Real, real, real pretty. I'm, I'm really, uh, really anxious and excited to get this project done. I think it's going to turn out. Uh, I think it's going to turn out great. Um, I just don't know what to expect as far as like, um, you know, what, uh, how it's how it's going to turn out, and how it's how it's going to look, that kind of thing. Um, I'm excited but nervous at the same time. And it's it's one of them things that uh I think it's gonna take a lot of patience putting uh putting these rocks together. I think you're gonna be putting them down and moving them and oh I don't like this, I like that, you know, that kind of thing and so this kinda makes me anxious. But um anyway, we uh we got all that stacked up uh on them pallets and um Jones come down there with uh, with skid steer and uh, he loaded them up for us on a trailer and I had already had my side by side loaded up and uh, I got everything strapped down which it was a real real pain in the ass to strap them down uh, we stuck them we stuck them over the axles um, on the trailer and um, the fenders was on both sides and. I presented a problem of finding a good suitable spot to strap it down. So it was a it was a real pain in the ass, but we got it done. Um, we took uh, took the trailer back up to the top of the hill. I dropped it, and um, we went on back to the hotel. Jumped in the swimming pool to cool off because all of us were hot. We were half fried. We'd all got a little sun. So we got in the pool and cooled off, and hell, by the time we got out and we all got showers and everything, it was almost right at nine. So we didn't uh, really didn't we we started driving to try and find where the city fireworks was, but there was just so many people shooting off fireworks, it was just absolutely unreal. So um, we. Uh, we wound up just going to Sonic, and everybody got the ice creams, and we were just uh, watching watching what fireworks we could see. Drove back to the hotel and backed the truck up and uh, loaded all the stuff up and, and got ready for the next morning. So when Monday morning rolled around, we got out of bed, uh, stopped at uh, McDonald's, got a little breakfast, went hooked up to the trailer, told everybody goodbye, and we, uh, we shot out of there. Uh, it took us about nine hours to get home. The the old truck, she really liked the fuel on the way back, pulling all that weight. Uh, I think it averaged 9.1 miles to a gallon. It was like I was back first turn 16 again with the old carbureted truck. Uh, so, yeah, she really drank the fuel on the way home, but uh, we made her back in one piece. And uh, getting ready to, uh, I don't know, tonight, tomorrow night, something like that. We're going to unload everything and get this little project started over the weekend. I know, uh, told the buddy I was going to go help him, uh, work on his demo derby car in between the heats Saturday night, uh, at the county fair. Um, so probably got that going on. So probably work, uh, work Saturday a little bit in the backyard on, uh, on everything. And then, uh, I don't know, we'll see what's going on Sunday. Um, I really need to get over and get into the woods and, uh, get to, get to, scouting for deer i know it's kind of hard at this time of the year but man i picked up uh picked up one of them maverick uh 
pod, I call it a poly blind, but it's a two piece, uh, like a plastic rubbery type blind. Picked it up at Menards for a, got a hell of a deal on it. Uh, and I got it for about half price. Somebody ordered it, I guess, and never come picked it up or what had happened, didn't want it. So I got it for a hell of a price and uh, I got some elevator brackets and I'm going to put her up about six or eight foot off the ground and so I need to get over there and find a good spot at Deer Woods to put that up. See where the bucks is coming in and because uh, I always see them. I, I have them on camera all year long and uh, they come through the food plot. They come to the food plot, but man, whenever deer season rolls around, that rut falls in. They walk out and around that food plot like they know. They know somebody's there. So, plus I need to get an extra one set up. I got my buddy Nate coming down to hunt with me this uh, this year, so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be cool. And uh, so yeah, uh, got me a um, got me a new uh, deer rifle put back. Um, another six five Grendel uh, CZ five twenty seven. Uh, was able to pick it up for about uh, seven hundred dollars. Um, and I think I'm going to go pick it up this weekend. I don't know. I put a couple hundred dollars down on it. And uh, just wanted to wait till I got back from Oklahoma before I went and uh, picked it up. So I'm going to pick it up. And uh, I don't know. I'll have to either order a top plate from uh, Old Pete's Pillars to put on there to change it to a Weaver base. Or I'll have to buy the right... Uh, the right CZ scope rings, which I hate because they don't—they don't even give you scope rings anymore with the with the guns. You pay all that money, can't even get a set of scope rings. Then to top it all off, you got to buy their scope rings. But uh, I don't know. They—they they got real nice rifles, and 527s are, are some great rifles. And then uh, I was pumped to get this one in a 6.5 Grendel, and uh, I was also pumped to uh, score some 6.5 Grendel ammo. Um, while I was out of town, while I was at Poto. Uh, over this past weekend, they had a gun show, and uh, I went into the ran into the gun show. I had to borrow some money from my wife because, you know, as everybody knows, I don't ever carry cash. And um, so I went into the gun show. It cost me 10 bucks, and uh, I ran in there, and uh, hell, I didn't even look at any guns. I just went straight to all the, ta the tables that I saw at the ammo. And uh, there's one guy, he had four boxes of uh, 123 grain. Uh, hollow points uh, hornady black 65 grendel and uh, i got a whole bunch of 90 grain uh i think they're tnt federal tnt spears um and one thing i like about those is you can adjust your scope for the 90 grainers um so if you're hunting uh, coyotes or bobcats or whatever the case may be you can have your scope dope for your 90 grainers and then you can adjust your scope for your 123 grain if you want to use that for deer or hogs or whatever the case. Which is kind of what I got going on now. Um, but finding this other rifle, I might just designate one rifle for uh, predators and one rifle for deer hunting. I don't know yet. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, so I scored some ammo. Um, uh the local shop down there uh poto pawn and gun they had some uh, had a ppu brand um it was only 120 grain 
uh, full metal jacket, 6.5 Grendel, so, uh, no, I take that back. They, they wasn't full metal jacket. They were hollow points. They were hollow points. Um, there was only 120, 20 grain. And it's, I, I probably would have bought several boxes of them, uh, had I not found the, uh, the Hornady Black. But I was able to pick some up, so we shall see. We're going to see how that goes this year, uh, for deer season. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get the old 460 Smith & Wesson out, and that's my plan this year is to take a deer with that, um, but I am going to, I am going to take a rifle too. So I'll, uh, use whatever, you know, whatever I can, uh, whatever means necessary to take me a deer. Um, I'm really planning on getting one with a handgun. Um, that's going to be my go-to, but we'll just have to see. Uh, like I said, them bucks, they come through the edge of that food plot. And I don't know, that food plot's a couple acres. It's about a little over a 200-yard shot all the way across there. And then bucks come in, they jump the fence all the way to the other end. And uh, they walk along the edge of that fence and then go back in and cross the creek and go back out and around instead of coming straight through the food plot. Uh, the does will come straight through the food plot. They'll come jump the fence. And whereas the bucks will turn, they'll jump the fence, they'll turn left. The does will come straight in the food plot. And... Uh, the bucks will turn, jump the fence, they'll turn left. Then they'll make another left through the gate, cross the creek, and then turn back right and go out around this creek and come all the way in and link back up with this trail um, that actually meets back up with the trail across the creek if they come straight in, straight into the food plot and straight past my stand. They can cross the creek there, and them two trails will meet up. And... I don't know. Just the rut rolls around, and the and the bucks seem to uh, take the take the longer path. So I don't know if that's a you know just being uh, if that's a safety thing or just being cautious or or what the deal is. But uh, they're smart. They're smart. So that's why I want to get another stand set up and uh, a little bit closer and and see uh, see if I can't pluck one with the with the old four sixty. So, but, um, yeah, the, the trip, uh, the trip went great, uh, made it back, didn't have no blowouts, didn't lose nothing. So, and, uh, yeah, that's what my weekend's going to consist of is, is doing, uh, doing work in the backyard and, and just getting things, uh, getting things set up and, uh, trying to get this whole, whole patio project complete. So. But anyway, guys, that's uh, that's gonna be about it for me. So uh, make sure uh, you guys find me on uh, Instagram, uh, Dustin Oaks on Instagram. Uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook at um, Bearded Beast Podcast. Appreciate you guys' support. Give me a little like, a little follow on those. Uh, you got any questions? Anything you want me to talk about? Anything you want me to shut up about? And it just whatever. Um, you know with any of that kind of stuff just hit me up on the pages uh get in touch with me and uh, we'll see what we can do about it but with that i'm out of here i'll catch you on the next one <laughs>